Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. What an unbelievable honor to get to build the kingdom of God with such an amazing family. We love you all so very much. From the bottom of our heart, we want to take a moment just to honor you. Every single one who serves and gives and prays and invites and keeps showing up week in and week out, we would not be here without you. You are an amazing, incredible church family. It's been the privilege of a lifetime for Liz and I to get to lead the charge, but we could not do it alone and we couldn't do it without you. You're an amazing church family. We are grateful for you. Can we celebrate? Come on. 10 years. Here's to the future for every single person through all the 10 years that showed up early from the theater days when I remember when Kyle would leave at 5 a.m. and pull that trailer and we would go to the theater and we would show up to every single person that's handed somebody a cup of coffee. Here's to the future. Amen. For every single salvation that we have seen, thousands and thousands and thousands of salvations over the last decade. Here's to the future for every healing, for every marriage restored, for every couple that found their spouse in this house, for every child, for every story of redemption for every story to come here's to the future we're not looking back we're not looking to our yesterday looking for our vision no we're looking to what god has done with intense gratitude amen with intense gratitude and intense gratefulness and we want to take a moment we want to honor our staff everyone that is here we want to tell you that we love you. We want to honor the team here, the North location and the plaza and everyone that has helped build this church. There's so many people that with purity of heart, with clean hands and a pure heart. Gabe, we honor you. Jess, we honor you. Hannah, we honor you. Cam, we honor you. Gina, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've sown your life. Dev, thank you, Lance. And everybody else, we just want to say thank you, Chris Kay, for the worship team and all that God has done. From our hearts, we want to say thank you. But with all humility, we sense so much in our spirits that we truly have seen nothing yet. You know, Kyle has been saying this at home to us. Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. And it's a verse we all know, and it's so easy to be like in one ear and out the other because we've already heard it. But God doesn't want us to hear scripture. He wants us to live scripture. If you know more than you do, you've got pride. But if you simply with humility take what you have and put it into action, God's grace, it breathes through. And I feel today as a community of faith that we get to humbly but boldly take the last 10 years and sow it into the soil of surrender to see salvation spring forth like we've never seen before. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. There'll be a few people in this room that don't get the new thing, but I believe there's gonna be a significant number. The Bible says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. 
will you perceive it? For I am making a way in the wilderness and I am bringing streams into the dry land. But you have a job to play, church, uniquely in your own heart, uniquely in your own home. You have to perceive what God is wanting to do. And let me tell you, God is bringing his church together in unity because he's wanting to command his blessing so that lives are changed, neighborhoods are changed, regions of this area are changed. And are you ready for it, church? I believe that God is truly doing something new. So from our hearts to yours, we just want to say with all sincerity, the biggest thank you for every seed that is sown, for every time you've loved, served, given, cared from a pure place. Thank you. You have truly seen nothing yet in the garden of your life. And we believe that. Let's pray. Lord, we take a moment, we make it holy by honoring you and putting you first. And Lord, from the beginning, it's been about you. To the very end, it's about you, Jesus. I thank you so much for every heart, every life, every person on the team from day one that's here today. Everyone who's joined us for this journey. Lord, we thank you for their contribution. It was not without a cost, but we thank you for everyone who has answered the call. And Lord, we thank you for every soul that's been saved and life that's been touched, where your grace has met us in our place of need. Lord, we thank you for what you've done, not just for us, but you've allowed us to do what you've done through us. Lord, we believe what has happened up to this point, as marvelous as it has been to see your hand at work. Lord, we thank you. You are just getting started. And we say, here's to the future. We thank you for yesterday, but right here today, we are signing up again to say, God, have your way. Let your kingdom come and will be done as it is in heaven. Let it be in Kansas City as it is in heaven. Let it be in our hearts as it is in heaven. Let it be the reality of our lives. Lord, we thank you so much, not just for saving us, but for calling us and sending us together as a family of faith for the beautiful kingdom future you have in store for us. Here's to the future. It's all about you, King Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray and celebrate today. Amen. 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 Happy, happy birthday to you. What an amazing church. What an amazing wife. You know, I'm up here more often than not every Sunday. And I just want to take a moment unscripted and just share my heart that I'm so grateful for you. You're my spark and my muse and you steady me, encourage me, challenge me, love me, cover me, protect me in such a beautiful way. It's been an honor to be your husband and to be your teammate. And I could not have done all that God has done from the pulpit without you behind the scenes, building church, building family, but a beautiful wife an amazing mother and the best of us. Thanks for being my best friend. And uh, what a journey we've been on. It used to just be you and me. It was good back then. It's gotten a whole lot better now. It's gotten a whole lot better, but I love you so much. We love you, church. I hope you can sense, you know, some, some moments are significant and some moments are more special than others. And this is a special one. If you've just attended church, hopped around. If it's not Hillsong, it might be somewhere else. Get planted. 
ever a time in church history to be planted. There's ever a time in church history to not be about yourself. There's ever a time in church history to sow your life for something greater. It's now. And we love you. It's an honor to get to be on this journey. It's an honor to lead. It's an honor to serve. And I love you. Seal it with a kiss. Come on. Thank you so much. Let's grab. Why don't you grab your seats? I want to jump into what's on my heart, but I'm going to encourage you not to miss tonight. Well, I know the Chiefs are playing, but let's be honest, we're playing the Chargers. That's already a W. Okay, there's 16 regular season games. There's 19 games for us because we're going to win the Super Bowl in Jesus' name. And so this is a once in a decade opportunity. We'd love to worship with you and just declare God's plan and will for our city right in the heart of our city. We would love for you to be there. What a decade it has been. And what does God have for us next? When you think about your future, what are you looking at? Right now, the world looks at the future anxiously, but that's not us. That's how the world thinks. That's not how the the people of faith think. The family of faith looks differently. We have a different perspective. We don't look with anxiety. We look to the future with expectancy. What could God do? Not what might happen, what negative thing could come against me, or what's it going to look like, what's going to happen in the election, what's going to happen in our nation. No, we look with expectancy, not an intimidation, but with anticipation. What could God do? Psalms 139 verse 5, you've gone into my future to prepare the way. God who is with you now was with you yesterday and he's already in your God-ordained future. He's in your destiny and he's inviting you forward. I've got more for you. Here's to the future in kindness. He's not a God that dictates his destiny for us. No, he leads us with kindness. It says, you've fallen behind to spare me from the harm of my past. How many are grateful you're not where you used to be? Come on. With your hand of love upon my life, you impart a blessing to me. There's blessing for you. Hand of God wants to show up in your world. Proverbs 23, verse 18, Hillsong, Kansas City. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. I want to speak simply. I'm way going to be out of time, so I'm going to go quickly. Here's to the future. When we say here's to the future, we're we're kind of toasting the last 10 years. We're in church, so we're raising a glass of Martinelli's sparkling apple juice. You heathens, it's this early in the morning. We're raising a toast to what God has done, but we're also christening the new thing that he wants to do. Here's to the future, and guess what? If you don't know, now you know. We're just getting started. Decade one, it has been fun. It has been fierce. It's had a cost. It's taken energy and sacrifice. It's significant, but God's got another one for us. It's our opportunity to do it all again. You know, 10 years ago, we started a church. Church was called The Cause. We came Hillsong Church a year and a half ago. The cause church was based off one scripture. And Jesus says, hey, for this cause I was born. And the idea and the heart behind the cause is that everyone was made for a greater purpose. Everyone has a calling. Everyone has a destiny. Everyone has a a cause. 
with the same heart today, I really don't want to speak about where we are going as a church collectively. I want to speak more about where you're going as the person who's a part of the church family. Because the Bible tells us that the church isn't an organization, it's a living, breathing organism. The church isn't just a place where we meet, it's a spiritual family. The church is not me and Liz, it's all of us and it's you. And the Bible tells us that when the righteous rule and the righteous like grow and when the righteous thrive, the city rejoices. So where we're gonna be in 10 years is not based upon the teaching from this platform. It's not based upon the worship. It's not based upon the crowds that come. It's actually based upon where you go with your life. If we want to move forward, it's your opportunity to join us in the journey. Yes, we are going somewhere, but we're going there together. There's a part for you to play. There's a part for your life. And I want to weave a couple things that I have learned in the last 10 years in building this church from the ground up. You know, the very first thing we did when we moved to Kansas City is we took the very first part of the year, Liz and I, 21 days to pray and fast. And I, feel, I still think it was the coldest winter we've ever had was the very first one. And we were snowbound and stuck inside. And we took those first 21 days to say, here you go, God. Fasting is never fun. Fasting when it's freezing is especially not fun. But we just took the first of the year in our very first year to get our ear right with heaven. And honestly, out of that moment and out of that season, those three weeks, if I'm perfectly honest, I didn't get a lot. I didn't hear God say a ton of things. We didn't get a lot of resource to show up as we were wanting to launch this church. Remember, this is before there was a building, before there was any team. We didn't even have a place to meet. In fact, the theater that we met first on the plaza had already told me, no, we can't have church there. They did not know how resilient this ginger can be. I wore them down. But this is before we had anything, and yet God spoke a few things to us. And one of the things I remember that he told me was seemingly insignificant, but it was just the date that we would start Sunday morning gatherings. We came out of those 21 days, and we said, hey, it's going to be September 19th, 2010. That's the date we're aiming for. That's what God put on my heart. It was the smallest of things. It was just a circle on the calendar, and yet we had something to move forward towards. I believe that God has circled today, not for us as a church, but for you and your destiny, that there's something for your future that God wants to lead you to. And today is day one that he has picked out ahead of time to lead you into the promised places that he's called you into. We said it's September 19, 2010. That's when it's going down. And sometimes it felt like it was going down on the way there. And yet God was faithful. We had a date set. We had a handful of people. By that, I mean like four or five. But one of the key lessons that we learned and that you need to grab a hold of, if you're going to get on to all that God has called you for your future, is this. Why don't you write this down? You've got to learn to start even when it's small. You've got to start even when it's small. Don't wait to get to work. So many people wait till everything is laid out, till they got five, six, seven, eight steps People wait to have all the resources that they need to step into that God dream and that God calling. And if you're always waiting for things to align, you'll be waiting for the rest of your life. God wants us to live by this thing called faith. And somewhere in this American church world, 
We think our faith is what we go to on a Sunday. No, a faith is what grows on the inside of us when we learn to hear from God and obey, especially when it doesn't make any sense. And if you can't be grateful and faithful with the small, you'll never walk in the big. Zechariah 4, verse 10, do not despise these small beginnings, as despicable as they might be. For the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. We rejoice when we see the work completed. We rejoice when we see God go to work. But God doesn't rejoice when it's finished. He rejoices when he sees it begin. Because I believe God is looking for us to be the kind of people that will trust him when it's small. And I believe he rejoices in the beginning because he knows he's a finisher. That's what it says about our God. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. That's why he rejoices when we would just choose to begin because he already sees it with completion. He's waiting for you to start. I think God gives us a vision of where we're headed and yet he says, like, hey, starting the journey is a decision you have to make. Taking the first step. What's the step for you? What's the thing God wants to get right in your life? What's the area of your world where he isn't first? What's that God dream that's been put on the inside of you? You know, if you want to know how to know if it's a God dream, does it just glorify you or does it glorify God? Is it just about you moving forward or does it move other people forward into their God future? You could take any normal dream and turn it into a God dream by just saying, God, it ain't about me, it's all about you. And if you keep waiting to have all that you need before you step into all that you're called to, you'll always, be stay, you'll always stay stuck. You'll never have all the resources you need to finish all that God has called you to. This is why so many people stop short of starting. They're waiting for everything to be in order before obeying what God has ordered them to. Don't be that. This church was not built by us waiting for things to align. It was finding our place to trust, obey, and work. Work as if it's up to us. Pray as it's up to God. And do our very best in the beginning so that God could do everything he wanted to do in completion. Abraham didn't wait for God to give him the final destination. This is how our faith begins. You know, he's the father of the faith. And God says, hey, Abraham, go. He's like, okay, I'll go. Where? To the land I will show you. Okay, cool. Where's that? I'm going to show you. Oh, yeah. When? When you go. Go where? Abraham, I just need you to trust me. Abraham, if you'll head in the general direction that I've told you, if you'll take a step today and a step tomorrow, you'll see. And that's how our faith was born. The same way, that's how your destiny will be defined. Not when you have everything you need to do what you think you're called to do, but when you've done the last thing that God's told you to do, and you head in the general direction of this thing called destiny, here's to the future. David did not wait till the armor fit. He didn't wait till he grew in to Saul's armor or they made some for him. He didn't wait till he had a weapon that, would, that might just work before he picked a fight with Goliath. He went with what he had. Esther didn't wait for an invitation to the throne room. She put her life on the line, leveraged her life for other people. Elisha did not wait to see a spark. No, in fact, he wetted 
the wood down, poured water on the wood, and then called down fire by faith, bringing a great victory to God's people. You've got to start even when it's small, when it's just vision without provision. We've learned that from day one. Never have we had enough to do the dream. Rarely have we had enough to even take the first step. We lifted our foot together as a church and begin to move forward before God would even align. The Bible says he directs the steps, he ordains the steps, he sets in order to the steps of a righteous man. We didn't make huge jumps or leaps in foolishness. No, we just learned to keep stepping in faith. Many people don't start right now because they failed back then. I love that part about Psalms 139. In kindness, you follow behind me. You spare me from the harm of my past. Listen, I don't know what the setback or the sin or the struggle has been. Do not let any past sin, setback, or struggle stop you from your God step today. He has more for you. I promise you this, just what Liz said up here. You are not called to go to church. You are called to bring heaven to earth. That's the calling of the church. You're not called just to build a little group of friends. You're called to collaborate and work in unity with friends of your future so that destinies can be transformed, so that lives can be changed. You're called to bring salvation into your school, your workplace, your family, your neighborhood. We're called to bring heaven to earth. Kingdom come is the calling of the church. Here's to the future. Don't let anything limit you from your yesterday. Your sin, guess what? God has forgotten it. Why do you continue to hold yourself to something that's already been nailed to the cross? Philippians 3, Paul writes, brothers and sisters, church family, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and I am straining towards what is ahead. I've forgotten the wins, the W's and the L's, and I am straining. I'm pushing, I'm pressing on towards the goal to win the prize. It's not without a prize. It's not your pain and persistence, faith and patience isn't without a blessing and an inheritance, but that's on the other end of this life. That's what we really wanna live for. It's not that you can't be blessed in the here and now. We fully believe God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But in the same way, there's a greater prize to live for. And when you get the vision off of yourself and onto your God future, you say, here's to the future, God. You're going to see your life matter for the things that are eternal. This is what we live for. I press towards the goal to win the prize which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. You know, when it comes to your future, you've got to get rid of some of the filters you've been saying things through. Some of you are looking through the filters of your failure. Some of you have been looking through the words of your father or your mother, what they said about you. Some of you see your life through the filter of fear because all you can see is what you don't have yet. But what you fail to see is that the invisible God created everything with just his words. And if he has given you a word about your future, you can get to work with great God confidence knowing that if he created all this with a whisper and he's spoken something to your heart, you can trust it enough to keep stepping and watch and see him do the thing he's promised to your life. 
I've come to learn that faith is usually spelled R-I-S-K. Risk. Risk aversion has no place in a kingdom first life. You gotta learn to risk a little bit. Risk in a conversation with someone to share the love of Jesus. Risk in honoring God with your resource. Risk in getting out of the old, maybe you got hurt in your yesterday, but say, I'm gonna risk again. I'm gonna open my life up to others. I'm gonna serve again. And you'll never accomplish anything without some sort of risk. I think Liz and I, I mean, we left the most safe job we could have. My parents pastor a great church. We were going to inherit that church. It was easy. I mean, I know there's always a cost. There's always weight and work and ministry, but it was gonna be ours. And honestly, I used to fish a whole lot more than I do now. <laughs> I had, you know, we had that run of the house and yet God says, no, I, I, I've called you to Kansas City. I've called you to the new and the unknown. But I tell you this, that looking back, if I would have stayed, and it's a beautiful church, and my parents are watching right now, I love them so much, we would not be here without them. But if I would have stayed in that place of safety and security, I would not have lived the significant life of my calling. Where's your safe place? Where's your place of self-protection? Where's your say, the place of what you hide behind? R-I-S-K. God is asking you to take a step, to take a, to take a risk. 10 years from now, where will you be? What could God do? I would hate to consider the fact that you'd be right where you are now. And I'm speaking about your faith. I'm speaking about your trust in God. I'm speaking about your kingdom heart. I would hate to think that you would not have moved forward, but you know that the end journey starts with a first step. And every one of you, you have a God-ordained next step. If you're gonna say, here's to the future, you gotta say, here I am right now. And I'm gonna step into the future of what God has called me to. What will they say about you in 10 years? Not everyone around you, I'm talking about the most important people. What will your spouse say? What will your kids say? What are your coworkers say? What are those that work for you gonna say? What are those that live in your neighborhood gonna say about you in 10 years? I want you to take a moment and just let the Holy Spirit prophesy into your heart that where he's called you to go, probably no one around you has ever been. You have a unique calling ordained by God from the foundations of the earth, and it's gonna take a little risk, and it's gonna take a first step, and if you can't start small, you'll never see the big. Uh, yesterday, my daughter had a soccer game. She won 4 nil. You say nil when you're European and play soccer. She won 4 nil. And I have a pastor friend, that daughter's on the team as well. And we were talking about 10-year anniversary. And he said, hey, Kyle, when did you know that it was going to work? Like the church. Because there's a, about a 95% fail rate in church plants after the first couple years. Uh, it's a risky business. And uh, I said, immediately I said, year zero. And immediately I wanted to backtrack because I just sounded so cocky. Uh, but I said year zero. And this is why, naturally speaking, there is no way it should have worked. No way it should have become what it has become. But if I could look back, I knew I had a word from God. 
and I was just knew I didn't have what it takes. Listen, I don't have what it takes to manufacture this momentum, to make a church happen. Like we didn't have the resources to even buy any of the equipment when we first got it go, started going. We didn't have any team. But I just said year zero because I wasn't trusting in my own ability. And you might feel like you have zero of the resources you need to step into the destiny of your calling for your marriage and for your family and for your future. But when you have the God of heaven and earth, you have everything you need to do all that you're called to do. What is your future gonna look like, Hillsong, Kansas City? I'm gonna tell you it's gonna be glorious. I'm gonna tell you it's gonna come with a cost. I'm gonna tell you there's gonna be a sacrifice, there's gonna be surrender, and it's gonna be wearisome sometimes, but until you get to work with the small, you'll never walk in the big. And the God of heaven and earth has big things in store for you. No eye has seen or ear has heard what he has prepared ahead of time for the progress and the promotion and the positioning of your destiny in him. I wasn't looking at my own ability. If I would have just been looking at me or Liz and I, we would never would have started. Proverbs 4, 25, set your gaze on the path before you. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch out for what is weighing you down. Watch out for what gets you to veer left and to the right. Don't look at your yesterday. Don't look beside you. Look ahead, church. Stick to the path of truth. The road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment and take a detour that leads you off. Take a detour that leads you to darkness. Why are you waiting for your destiny when you could be working right now for your future? Your destiny is not going to drop in your lap, but God will drop it in your heart. Maybe it's your first time here, first time watching online, and you don't know that you have a unique God purpose that only you can fulfill. You don't know that God has positioned before time began people that you're called to reach, lives that you're called to transform, a business you're called to start, a family you're gonna build, a change in generations to where your family's always gone one way, you're gonna go a new way. Maybe you didn't know that about your God, but he who called you out of darkness and into not just a better life, into his glorious light. He wants to light up every broken and dark place in your life, in your world. Here's to the future. It's going to require some sacrifice and surrender. But I want to say this. I'm skipping point two. You're going to have to come tonight to get that. <laughs> Let me say this in, in conclusion here. We're going to receive communion, have a beautiful moment of sowing the last 10 years into the soil of surrender all over again. It starts and it ends with Jesus. It starts and it ends with Jesus. From the very beginning, we said the, Hill, the cause church is now Hillstone Church. It's a Jesus church. People want to know what we're about? We just said it right in the very beginning. We're not a non-denominational, multi-generational church. No, we're a Jesus church. We're not an evangelical, no, we're a Jesus church. If you want to know what we're about, we're about Jesus. It's as simple as it could ever be. But that's as good as it can ever get. That that's what we live for. We're a Jesus church. It starts and ends with Jesus. In other words, in the end, it's all for God's glory. And yet, I know we have to take a step, and I know we have to sacrifice. I know we have to surrender, but it's all by His grace. Who are we that we could do anything that's significant apart from Him who's done it all?
It's all for his glory. It's all by his grace. And that's where I think our hard work, which we are a very hardworking church, but our hard work when it's done with humility. And it's not about me. It's about Christ in me, working through me, that the world might see that there's a God that loves them. When it's not about me, our hard work with humility becomes holy, set apart for the purposes of heaven. That's when God's grace is released for the next and the new that he has for you, is when you take your effort and you turn it over to the, the everlasting God. Say, God, it's all for you. And Jesus has made a promise for those that would follow. He says, I will be with you as you do this. What was the this? Take the message of Jesus to the four corners of the earth. Preach and proclaim, make disciples, baptize, pray, heal, prophesy, declare, change the world around you. I will be with you as you do this day after day after day, right up to the end. In other words, Jesus says, I don't call you on this journey not to sustain you to the end. This is why he rejoices when he sees the work begin because he knows he's got what it takes to be the closer, to be the finisher, to be faithful all the way through, to take care of your shortcomings and your mistakes. Your lack of giftedness is nothing because he's the giver of perfect gifts. He can make you into everything he's called you to be. By his Holy Spirit, he can give you supernatural gifting, supernatural vision, supernatural faith. Let's make it clear that Building of this church is not based upon the energy or activity of the team. There's a part for us to play, but this is a supernatural thing. We know we can't do anything of significance apart from the one who's done it all for us. To get to what's next for us as a church, here's to the future, it starts right now. Philippians 1, there has never been the slightest doubt in my mind the God who started this great work in you doesn't always start around you. Doesn't start right in front of you. The great work of God starts in your heart. This is why I believe he circled today. It's September 20th, 2020. What a year when everything is going wrong around us. How many know we need God to do something in us? He who started this great work in you would keep it and bring it to a flourishing finish on the very day when Christ Jesus appears. If you cannot start small, you'll never see the big. If you make it about you, you'll miss the whole blessing. If we make it about Jesus from start to finish, where you start at today, you will not believe where your life will finish. It is a day of decision. It is a day of destiny. It's a day of small beginnings, but it's a day where you declare, I am all in for all that God has for you. And as individuals, we all make the decision collectively. We will see a move of God's hand. We'll see revival in the heartland. We'll see breakthrough and transformation every Sunday, every day, because of what he's wanting to do through you has never been done before. I'm going to invite my wife up. We're going to receive communion to make sure that we always know this is all for him, about him, and because of him. The one who gave us his all, we want to give our all back to him. If you want to receive this, and those watching online, if you're able to grab some elements real quick and join us, you can. Those in the room, we believe this is going to be a holy moment of surrender. You know, scripture says that 
we take communion in remembrance of who? Jesus. In remembrance of Jesus. And I just had this thought while you were preaching that righteousness is risky. It takes a little risk, faith spelled risk, and to walk in righteousness, it's risky. Why? Because you have to get your eyes off of yourself. You have to see yourself in a different lens, and it is the lens of the finished work of the cross. At the cross, if there was one other thing that Jesus ever needed to do, if there was one other sin he needed to cover, if there was one insecurity that he needed to take care of, let me tell you, he would have done it. But when he went to the cross and when he made a decision in advance, when he was sweating tears, when he knew where his obedience would lead him, when he knew what it was going to cost him and he said yes, he took it all. He took it all for you. He took it all for me. There is nothing in your history that the history of Jesus Christ and the history and how it changes our history because of the cross has not already taken care of. And there's somebody here today that as we take the bread and as we drink of the cup, you need to choose to take a little risk and actually believe that it is no longer I that live, but it is Christ that lives in me. And this life that I choose to live, I now live by faith that it is Christ and Christ crucified. It is not my good works that I can boast. The Bible says it in Revelations that it's because of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And I just feel today that God is lifting shame. And some of you are gonna get a revelation of righteousness that's gonna heal the wounds of your yesterday from your family of origin, from parenting, from broken marriages, from rejection in relationships. And God is gonna do something and it's gonna restore you to what God has originally intended. That is why church, we do this in remembrance of him. So if you would go ahead and just take the bread, he was broken for you so that you could walk in healing. He was broken for you so that you could break generational cycles in your life, in your family, so that you could walk in the faith-filled future that God has already gone before. Here's to the future that God has for us. Let's take of the bread. And as we take of the cup, righteousness is risky. It's so easy to get stuck. We've all made mistakes. We've all been insecure. We've all had things that have caused us to shrink back and to get into fear. Welcome to humanity, right? But guess what? We don't have to stay stuck anymore because of Jesus, because of his blood. We have been forgiven. We have been cleansed. He says, I take your sins and I make them as far as the east is from the west. Guess what? The east and the west, they don't touch. That means it no longer has to hold you back. Come on, church. On
You can take that risk and you can receive righteousness and you can receive the cleansing and the fresh start that you need today. So Father, right now, as we take of the cup, we thank you for your righteousness. That you and you alone, that you are enough. Full stop, period. It's not a question mark. There's not a comma. No, you are enough. And we receive that you are enough today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.